What's up, guys? Welcome to the Sound Central Podcast. I'm Samuel Sarfo. I'm Adam Dash. Thank you guys for tuning in as usual. Today we have a really special guest with us, um, a native from Columbus. We have really been yes, dying to have an interview with this guy. Things just weren't linking out. Your boy was sick too, so you had to push this back later on, but we finally have him with us. Guys, please give a warm welcome to Joey H. How you doing, my guy? What's good? What's good? Let's go. You feeling good? I feel great. That's amazing, I feel great. man. I'm hoping, obviously, we talked earlier, but you're feeling better now. Oh, yes. A lot better. Was not looking good beforehand at all. Was not looking good. <laughs> um, but to, to get into things, as we do with every beginning of our podcast episodes, me and Sam like to recap what we've done this week, just so me and him can just catch up, because we sometimes don't talk for a week, besides texting constantly every day. So we do a playlist title and a song that highlights that playlist. So Sam, how are we feeling this week? What's the I'm name? feeling, you know, I'm feeling better. Your boy's recovering, so can't get worse. The the playlist title is going to be Detox. Um, okay. Shout out to Dr. Dre. Adam actually sent me a link of unreleased Kendrick, which was like around Detox era, Good Kid, Mad City era. So um, I was sending him like some videos of the unreleased versions I have on yeah. my Apple Music, which I do love. Dr. Dre's a hero to me. Uh, the single will be Crack a Bottle off Relapse Eminem with 50 Cent and Dr. Dre, of course. Your boy is doing better. I'm um, gonna watch Guardians of the Galaxy as well tonight as well. So yeah, we're feeling good. It's a strong it. recovery. What about you, I Adam? See, I need to see that movie. My friend said it was bad, but I also heard good mm-hmm. reviews on it. So yeah. I'm praying. All right, we'll see. They can't mess up. Hey, they definitely can't mess up. Um, <laughs> for me, so since I just graduated, but I'm also about to go travel. My name and song are the same thing. We're gonna go Pit Stop by IDK, second song mm-hmm. of the new Ooh. album. Yeah, incredible. And, yeah, the album is so good. I've been trying to put Sam onto it. This man has the, like, the best transitions in music. And as I was just telling you before, I, that song has like a children's choir on it. And I'm just like a sucker for that. Whenever there's children singing on a song, it just sounds dope. But yeah, excited to have this like four days at home before I'm about to go travel for a little. Mm-hmm. And then then the real world sets in. Vacation. Man. Yeah. Big pimping. But Joey, <laughs> big pimping. Joey, how are we feeling? What's the name? What's the song highlight in the playlist? So I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, last week, yeah, last week I had COVID, so I was re- oh, recovering, <laughs> and uh, and I was good to to be able to because I had a show on Saturday um, here for Alley Islands uh, Music Festival, so I was feeling good. Um, wrapped well on the show, so. This whole week has been good. I'm getting ready for another show. So I'm like turned up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the name of the po- or the name of the the playlist would be uh damn. <laughs> I had the name of the, I had the name. I don't know. It's gonna be called You can call I don't know. Yeah, fuck it. Keep going. That's what it's gonna be called. And <laughs> then going. the song is gonna be Find a Topic. Isaiah Rashad because I've been listening to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all week, like, like all week, all week. I was just bumping. What's wrong? What, yeah. yeah, what's wrong in the car? Love that song. Like, unreal. I need to get. Him. A- I, I'm already familiar with him, but I need to get more hip with his yeah. older discography as well. Yeah, some of your beat choice I can definitely tell is um, Isaiah Rashad inspired. Oh yeah, uh, like the song, the song inside immediately. Oh. I was like, I was like headshots. Like I was just getting that type of beat vibe from that. Yeah, and that, like, it's, like, Isaiah Rashad, um, more so, like, like, Mac Miller, you know, like, 
all that stuff. Like I'm, I used to just go on on Instagram and be like, or not Instagram, on YouTube and just be like, Mac Miller type beats. That's what I do. Isaiah Rashad, Mac Miller type beats. Like, and that, it'll always show up. And so whenever I see those, I'm like, click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a sucker for those. Yeah. Who Who is it? Come on now. But, you know, let's dive into the album. Uh, starting with back in 2018, you had If Money Grown Trees, right? Yes. In 2020, you, drew, you dropped Open Treehouse. Mm-hmm. Now you're back again. And many people are excited to hear from you, right? Obviously, we got new music, but instead of dropping a new project, you decided to drop a deluxe. And of course, you had some singles earlier on from 2022 as well to prelude mm-hmm. this deluxe album. But why did you pick a deluxe instead of a new project? What what led you to that direction? So, like when I released uh, like the single for Open Treehouse, like the first time, Rossi on the Deck, like that was that was like the one that when we were talking to all my friends and just the people that are around and being like what song do you think is the single? And they're like, that one. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the single. And so 2020, I had, like, Adam, you released music. So you know, like, the whole yeah. upload to uh, Distro Kid. Kid and all that stuff, yeah. like, weeks in advance, months in advance or whatever to make sure that it can get into, like, Spotify's, you know, uh-huh. algorithm and all that stuff. So we had Rossi on the deck uploaded in like January of 2020. And it was like, this song is going to be the one that like, is going to be played on the patios. It's going to come out uh, Mm -hmm. middle, late March. So there's going to be college kids who are going to be going to spring break. There's going to be, you know, like people like myself that like to hang out on patios. That song is just going to be something that gets played all over. And so like the rollout was just, it was already going. And when I released Rossi on the deck and like, it was like the first week of COVID and Mm -hmm. lockdown and stuff, it was like, all right, I don't know what a pandemic is. I don't know how long this is going to last. So we're just going to keep going. Like we're just going to, you know, keep the ball rolling. So I dropped the next single and then it was clear, like we're not going outside. Like (laughs) no more for a while. Yeah. And all the things that I like, when I wrote Open Treehouse, like the original, it was like, this is going to be the project that I'm going to be able to tour with. I'm going to be able to do merchandise. Like, hopefully this sets me up for the future of like what everything looks like. And and in 2019 and 2020, that was like a really big year for me as far as like performing. Like people started mm-hmm. to look at me as somebody here in Columbus as like, oh, this dude can go and do something, you know? Um, And so in 2020, there's a, it's not anymore, but like Columbus Alive uh, was a publication and they had me as like one of the bands to watch for 2020. Mm -hmm. And so the trajectory of everything was just like, it was going. And I was supposed to do merchandise. I was supposed to do everything that I really wanted to do. um, And I wasn't able to. And... From there, like, I'm like, I believe in these songs. Like, it's not just like, like I go and I see songs like Inside and and Extra Sauce and Rossi on the Deck even, and I'm like, you mean to tell me that only like 300 people have heard these songs? Mm-hmm. Like for Spotify, like listeners and stuff. And so I'm just like, man, like, 
I know for a fact that if I was able to go and perform this like I wanted to, mm-hmm. then things would change. And so yeah. all of 2020, I, you know, just trying to promote it as much as possible, but like not being able to do music videos really besides like the ones that I created my own um, and and everything like that. It was just like, I'm I'm still in that headspace of like where I was in 2019, where it was like, the ball is in your court. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I compare everything to sports. So it's like, we put you in the game. Now go cook. And yeah. so like, I still have that like mindset and that feeling going into this year that I did in 2019. And so I've been just working on music, but like while I was working on music for 20, late 2020 to 2021, everything that I was writing about was like the same thing as, as what I was talking about going into Open Treehouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like potential. Once this shit happens, like, like I want this shit so bad type stuff. Like mm-hmm. all of that was going, was everything that I was writing about. So I was just like, it doesn't make sense for me to be like, oh, this is Open Treehouse 2. There's no two yeah. Open Treehouses. <laughs> yeah. There's one Open Treehouse. And like something that I really thought was cool that um, I didn't really do intentionally, but like on the front cover of the original Open Treehouse, there's like the building that is like mm-hmm. in construction. And so like my whole thing is like, we're always working on ourselves, always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like to then double back for like the deluxe and be like, I'm adding different things to the cover. Like it's a, the the open tree house is being upgraded and there's renovations <laughs> and we're, you know, mm-hmm. still working. And so um that's kind of why I was just like, I'm just gonna do a deluxe and and let these songs live with with like Rossi on the deck. So there's gonna be people who listen to the album for the first time and the only thing that they ever heard me for was brown liquor because it was in mm-hmm. the playlist. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they're gonna be like, wait a minute, what what is this? So <laughs> like and it seems to be working so far, but um, yeah, that was my my whole intention. Yeah, and that makes total sense. It's completely organic. One nugget you said for me, which really hit me, because you don't see that anymore. And I was reading about this, how the music industry has changed. Before, people would tour to promote an album. Mm-hmm. Now people are making music to tour. Everyone makes music in their bedroom and hopefully you can tour from that. But back then, you only toured to promote your album. Yeah. But you're doing it the other way around, what it used to be. How you're placing touring and performing as a priority in order to promote your music. That's what's getting you out there. It's not necessarily what everyone's kind of doing, trying to get on these playlists, promoting on social media. No. It's the traditional way. Meeting these people face-to-face and performing out there, which is a big um, applause to you, honestly, because I don't see that as much anymore. Yeah. And like... I, I know for my for for me like, and you could call it like self aware, but like my impact isn't gonna be like my main impact isn't gonna be just the music. My main mm-hmm. impact is gonna be like when people get to meet me in person, um, when people get to like see me perform live, and they're just like, oh shit! Like I was kind of a fan before, but now like I'm gonna go and. Every single time he performs, I have to go, you know? And so that's, 
like it's always kind of been that way for me where like even if I was like writing a paper or something for school or or like an interview or something it's like man I'm writing this paper but like when you meet me that's where I'm going to that's where I'm going to get the job mm-hmm. and so like that's been my whole thing is like the music is helping me get in front of the people and me being in front of the people is going to take me to the next level and and all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely a very lost art that performing has kind of been on the back burner and I'm someone who grew up like watching tour life documentaries and studying like what <laughs> artists did and even when I'm at shows I'm like writing in my notes app like what opening artists do that like get fans going crazy for example yep. if you th- if you have like five t-shirts and you're like who wants a free t-shirt Man. everyone loves free stuff that gets everyone excited and Jordan Ward if you know who that is he opened mm-hmm. for Smino and JID on this tour he was really good at like making the crowd repeat the name of the song he just performed so he'd be like mm-hmm. what was that song and they'd be like I love you. Like, what's the song? I love you. Say it again. And it's like, it was ingrained in your head. Yeah. You keep having to do it. So I love that you put that on the forefront. Like, performing is so important. Man. And like, I, I've, you guys have been on like the TikTok stuff. And like, I've seen people say, like, man, there's no reason why you should be going out and performing when you sure. can like build this audience and stuff. And I'm like, that is like, backwards that's so backwards man like mm-hmm. it's crazy and i'm in a club at ohio state that helps plan or was to help plan like the free concerts that come mm-hmm. so we brought like jaden smith yeah. and we were looking into bringing ice spice and mm-hmm. her set was 20 minutes long because she doesn't have like, that much music out and yeah. she was asking for like a hundred thousand plus dollars and it's like i don't think these artists know the importance of the college market and maybe you should take less money now because if she came that causes everyone at ohio state to listen to the album because they yeah. want to know the music beforehand. If you end up putting on a good performance, you just got certified fans. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of, and like one artist that we were trying to get, it said she's picky about what colleges she goes to. Like, what? This is your, the 18 to 22 year old market is so important. Yeah. And live touring and going to these colleges is like just such a crucial thing. Yeah. The eight, and then, like, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I understand like people being a little picky, but like, for the most part, it's that that is yeah. a market. Like, but a school like Ohio State is so big. Like, you have yeah, you can't not come to Ohio State. Yeah, and me and Sam have always just been so intrigued by the business side. So something you did, which is similar to like Nipsey Hussle sold his album for a thousand dollars, and I know Jay, I think Jay Z bought like a hundred copies. So you got a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. But similar, you started doing your plan of trying to raise three thousand five hundred dollars mm-hmm. through your fans. Which makes so much sense. It's like you get paid so little. What is it? The point zero zero eight per stream. Yeah, it's can't. It's not something you can. Li- like people don't understand that. They're like, oh, this person must have millions of dollars. They have million streams. Nope. Which is not how it works. So, <laughs> what went into like choosing that amount, that marketing plan, and then how well did you execute it? Do you think? Um, it really it was just like, I want to do something because I have like like legit people especially here in Columbus who like want to see me win and so in the fall when I was doing like you start to realize when you do certain things and and people show up like when you sell t-shirts and people sell out your 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 merchandise all the time there's people who are like yo I have every single t-shirt that you ever put out and I've been putting out t-shirts since I was like a sophomore in college like I'm 29 years old and I've been, there's people who mm-hmm. have every single t-shirt, different variations, the yellow one, the green one, like they have everything. Mm-hmm. And so when people want to see you win, it's like, 
especially with like Bandcamp and and like paying for music and stuff is like why like just be like oh man I'm about to sell my album for five dollars right when you could just be like what do you want to pay for it and mm-hmm. like if these are the people who want to see you win these are and like again these are the same people that when I have a twelve dollar ticket for a show and they're like yo I'm Venmoing you twenty five because I I want to see like you deserve much more than than twelve dollars like and so when I did the show in the fall um at A&R Music Bar when I had my debut with my band it was 187 tickets sold and I was going around like selling them to mm-hmm. people like on hand and from that I started to realize I'm like man like imagine if a fraction of those people bought the album for 10 bucks yeah so, okay cool and so then I was just like I just kind of I just kind of wanted to be a little bit witty. So it's like 0.00035 cents or whatever per stream or whatever. So it was like, all right, $3,500. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hundred people to buy the album for $35 and kind of just repeat that 35 to people. And yeah, like it, people, man, it, it was, it's one of those things where you realize like people really want to show up for you and, and do everything to, to, show you that like they support you and and want to see you win and like like there's a a brewery here land grant that yeah. I work I work there but I I've been going there for the last 2 years as just like a patron and they support me so much in like opportunity they support me in just like you know ideas and stuff and so they were like yeah we're going to buy the album for $1000 I'm like you can't like for somebody to want to see you win off of an album to pay a thousand dollars for it, and knowing that like they're trusting me to be like, I know that you're not gonna take this money and go buy a PS5. I know that you're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're gonna use this to make videos. I know you're gonna use this to do ads. I know you're gonna use this to you know make sure everything is right to make you know the best product, and so. That was the coolest thing is just seeing people like really be like, we're behind you and we want to see you make the dream work. That's so cool think- the Columbus community supports you like that. Yeah. yeah. Like it's the smaller community, it's growing, as you said before we started recording. That's awesome. And and it yeah. was like people from here. I'm originally from Cleveland. Um okay. but like it was here, Cleveland, people in New York, like just people I went to school with, like just so many people and to see the village of people that are like around that want to see me win is, is Mm -hmm. that was so eye opening. And like one of those things where it's like, I can't, I can't half ass this shit. Like I can't, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't just do this and and just, you know. Yeah. It's like now you have people investing in you. It's like a business. And once you have people investing in you, you have that kind of weight on your shoulders, which is good weight. It's like motivating weight. But yeah. it is something telling you I can't sleep in today. Like I have to wake up and write this song because this person invested money in my ability to write songs. Right. And like I I I want I'm more so in the business of like proving people right more than proving mm-hmm. people wrong now. And like I spent majority not majority of my career or whatever, but like when I was younger, it was like, man, doubters, haters, blah, blah, blah. 
And then it was just like, man, I'm selling 70 tickets for shows that I'm opening up for with 15 minutes and 20 minutes. And people are coming out to see me. And like that started to make me realize like it's it's building the community, building your fans, building your your people that like you don't have to be the biggest artist in the world. But like if I'm able to go into 15, 20 cities in in the country and have a hundred people buy tickets to the show and a few of them or more than half of them buy merchandise, I'm good. Like <laughs> I'm straight from the financial side. Like I'm I'm good. Like <laughs> Yeah, so. and Adam Adam beat me to it. And just picking back off what he said how impressive it is that you've been able to build that hardcore fan base at home. Because that's what a lot of people are finding difficult. You know, there's a saying that says you will never be a hero in your hometown. That's because whatever you do, whether you're in entertainment or whatever, it's the people that's outside that are going to tell you, oh, you are like up and coming. You're the best, but it's your own people in your classrooms, um, your clubs, whoever aren't supporting you. So do you think this is something that every um, independent artist should be doing, similar to what you did, what Nipsey's doing or did, you know, um, having a priority over your art and not letting um, an entity like a label or streaming ruin that for you or ruin your financial uh, gains. Yes. And, and also shout out to La Russell too. Cause like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's good with that. Mm-hmm. It, incredible. And like his, seeing him do it, it was like, it, it's cool to see like Nipsey do it and be like, yeah, man, that's so, that's so dope mm-hmm. and stuff. But like to see somebody like La Russell that we've just watched over the last like two years, to yeah. do um just take ownership of everything that he does and and I'm like man every single idea that I see him put up on Twitter is the shit that I'm talking to my dude Dom Deshaun and Wes Will about like I'm like these are in there I'm just like all right maybe I need to lean into it more and and do those things too and and I believe that just like like when building your audience and, and community is way more important than like, especially like label stuff at this point. Um, we've just, we've just seen the, we've, we've seen the pros and the cons like of, of like the label. And there's a lot of cons when it comes to financially, you know, when creatively, like when you can do this, when you can do that, when it's mm-hmm. like, man, if I want to put out a EP next Friday, and my fans and the people who believe in me are like, yeah, I want to buy that for $2.50. And I have, you know, a whole bunch of people who are willing to do that. It's like, it just makes, it just makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I love your appreciation for the people that were supporting you. Cause I think it's really easy to always be comparing yourself to others and like, oh, this for even for us, like, oh, this podcast is getting blank amount of views. But my mindset has always been, even if one person listens, it's like, oh, one person gave a fuck what I had to say about stuff. Exactly. So hearing you, like you're like 70 people thought it was important enough to spend their money to come see me. I think it's just like the best mindset to go with it. Yeah. And I've like watched, I've watched different artists that I've seen from going to their shows and stuff. Like one of the moments that was really just monumental to me that just, and, and this is one of the reasons why like, this artist, I just have an affinity for. Like I'm, like I don't have to like all the music and stuff, but like uh-huh. I watched. I went to Miami of Ohio on like a Tuesday 
to see Logic perform, and this is right before Under Pressure, like, mm-hmm. like uh, literally right oh, before. Oh, so you were under there. Pressure. I was there, like hardcore the, fans. Mm-hmm. I'm in the front row, and it's me and my girlfriend, and we're just like chilling. And I'm like, man, like this is this is what I want to do. Yeah. And yeah, that's those are the tour life videos I was talking about before. It was Logic mm-hmm. videos, like that's yep. who I was looking at. And literally right after it was like under pressure comes out and boom next time we're able to see him is like next time that he played in ohio was at blossom music festival or blossom like the music place yeah up near um akron and cleveland but it was it was not this little brick street bar at, at miami of ohio like <laughs> and just to, i've always just been invested in seeing like people's come up and, and be like it was here, now it's here, now it's here, now it's yeah. here, and just continue mm-hmm. to keep going. So, I was yeah. I was just watching an interview with a uh, pr- person who's the president of A and R Atlantic Records, and he was talking about Van Halen, and said that Van Halen was performing at this like small ass bar, but they were performing like they were at MSG. Yeah, and <laughs> that's kind of the energy. Like you have to go up on stage, like being willing to like look like stupid, like make yourself look crazy. Yeah, because you got to perform like you're performing in front of a thousand people. Because you got the to. people in the crowd appreciate that. And as someone who like loves live shows, I can tell when an artist is maybe a little self-conscious and someone who's like just loving it up there and just like yeah. giving it all they got. Like we we just went to New York uh two weeks ago. And so last year I tried to set up a, a headline show in New York and it got canceled from low ticket sales. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like so comfortable with it. Like I'm like. At the time, I was like, man, you know, I'm fucked up, man. I'm kind of Saudi. But, like, to come back and do it again and and try again and, you know, like, I'm talking to the lady at the, at the, um, who's doing the door, and I'm just like, hey, how many tickets were sold? And she's like, well, you had, like, 25 before doors. And I'm just like, I could have fell out on the ground, like, at that point uh-huh. because it was just like, is 25 people that are are going to see me perform and like I perform same energy. Every every stage is Coachella for me. Like mm-hmm. cuz like you can have five people in there and if you if you rock out and do it the best that you can, those five people are going to bring five more people and then those people are going to bring five, 10, 15, 25 more people the next time and like I'm all for com- building community, building fans and that's the way to do it. Like mm-hmm. that is like there's no there's no better way than that in my mind, at least for me. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Has there been a tour of yours that's been your favorite? And that's and before you answer, I just again I want to praise you so much, Joy, because it might be just because people have the accessibility just to make music in the bedroom. And that's all that really is. If you can just make a, a, a song in your bedroom, you put it on TikTok, it blows, boom, you're done. It blows on Twitter, boom, you're done. There's no need to quote unquote perform, but you're still taking on that traditional uh, route and ensuring that you build the foundations to lead you to success. Because that short-term money, what did what Fat Joe say? Uh, yesterday's price ain't today's price. Uh, not today. Those people who are messing <laughs> with you on TikTok ain't going to be there, you know? Yeah. So that's just kudos to you. But has there been a tour or anything like that, anything like that that's been your favorite or has been almost life-changing for you at all? Uh, yeah. So two, well, last year I did the H madness tour and that was like Mm. the one that I'm like, we're doing this, we're doing this this way. And it's like, we're going to have, um, we're going to start in March 
end at the end of April. Like I'm want to be way more strategic. I want to be, I want to plan this logistics, all that. So that's probably my favorite. And then probably like the most, um, I don't want to say like important, but like in 20, damn, I'm just trying that last year was 2020. 2021, like in the summer, um, they asked me to open up for Mark Rebier at Newport. And it was he's, sold out. He's awesome. Awesome. Like incredible. And so I, I had that show and I had like three to four more shows like lined up and stuff. And from that show, like that was the first one of like the mini run of shows that I did there. But it was sold out. First time playing at the Newport, and that was like, oh, if if during this whole time of lockdown that I ever had like an idea that this is not what I wanted to do, that was the one that was like, nah, like this is this is it, <laughs> this is fun, this is what I meant to do, and and like from here on out, let's just keep it up, keep going, like yep. everything that you and like me saying to myself, everything that you dream about doing, just go and go and do it mm. yeah newport's a is a crazy place to perform sold out mm-hmm. like i've done yeah. i've seen a bunch of shows this year there and like seeing that amount of people probably looking at you i can imagine is probably the dopest thing ever man it's, <laughs> it's like the <laughs> most famous still, like, look at look at that smile i you still know. watch some of the videos <laughs> and i'm just like this is like crazy this is like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make sense so yeah, it's a stage that's had some of the most famous rock and roll artists ever. Like, there's that sign when you mm-hmm. walk in. I remember during my my prom was at the Fillmore in Philadelphia, and my I got the chance to perform on it. And I saw mm-hmm. Anderson Pack on that same stage a month before. I'm like, damn, yeah. I'm on the same stage that fucking Anderson Pack was on. I saw, so that was crazy. But to get into the album, so first I want to. I'm curious on what you think like the Ohio sound is because the vibe I got throughout your album was very similar to the Chicago sound of like a Saba, a Chance the Rapper, a No Name. Mm-hmm. And with you, like, the chorus is all so catchy and, like, melodic, and it's the rapping ability. So what do you, what are you, kind of your inspirations for music? I know you touched on Isaiah Rashad and Mac Miller. Mm-hmm. And then what do you think the Ohio sound is? So I think the Ohio sound is, so obviously you have, like, like history of funk. Like, funk is yeah. from Ohio. Like, that is, I do want to say that. But I think yeah. now, now like our sound is that we are so diverse and so like you can't just be like that right there is the Ohio sound. Like <laughs> yeah. if you're not making that c- kind of like, and I don't want to, you know, not necessarily shit on another uh, place and their music and their style. But like when people talk about like Detroit, and they're like that's the Detroit sound. But there's yeah. other people from Detroit that don't sound like that at all. Mm-hmm. And, but like, you take that sound and you just place it on Detroit and then try to make it like everybody has to be that way. Whereas here, we have such a diverse, like, styles of different artists and different scenes inside of just even in hip hop that it's like, you can't just be like, this is the Ohio sound. Um, And so for me, like as somebody who just, I, I've just been inspired by a lot of Chicago too. Like I would say more just, my sound is more like Midwestern. Like, okay. so obviously like 
me coming up, I'm listening to Chance, Vic Mensa, Alex Wiley. Um, mm-hmm. Lupe Fiasco is one of my favorite rappers of all time. So like just all of that. I'm listening to a lot of you know East Coast stuff, but also I really love West Coast too. So and and just like I'm just really inspired. And once I'm like, once I get an idea of like what I want to make, then it's just like, oh, let's make something like that. Let's make something like yeah. this. Like, um, paint was I like. Hit, I've been listening to a lot of house. I've been listening to a lot of like yeah. hip house. I got stuff. the house vibe on that one. I'm just like, mm-hmm. let's make crazy. shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> and something yeah. I really appreciate an artist. I know. So Tyler Crater mentioned this in an interview. He was like, these rappers are rapping about driving in foreigns, but they're not specific. It's like, what are you driving a Prius? Like, that's a foreign. <laughs> that's also foreign. And a Toyota, like, that's a, that's a foreign yeah. too. And I really love when artists are able to show their personality and their lyrics. For example, I love Action Bronson for his such obscure references because you can just tell this guy really loves talking and rapping about food and sports. Yeah. And you already mentioned before that you love sports. Love so, sports. first, the. You mentioned like that girl's my little Mina Kimes, and that's a that's a niche that's a niche thing. I'm not even sure if Sam knows that. Sam's not a football guy, and you're you're name dropping reporters Man. in the NFL, and you said um, this person's tripping like Grayson Allen, yes, and s- stuff I picked up because I just love I also my music. I'm throwing in like movie references that maybe one person will get, mm-hmm. but as long as one person hears that and they see how clever it is, I love that. Man. So how? How much do you love just including what you love in your life into your music? I like that's the best part because like I write just my story, like my life. Um, I'm a middle middle class from the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. Like I'm, I've been so just into writing about my life that like in my story. And I had like people when I was like coming up, when I was like younger, it was like you know you want to rap, but you never struggled and blah, blah, blah. Like, you're not from Mm -hmm. this. And so I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to champion my story and my life. And from that, it's just, you're going to get a bunch of me talking about Mina Kimes. Like, I love (laughs) Mina Kimes. I love sports. I love, like, being able to say, like, like a a Jetty Osmond bar in a song and people who are from Cleveland are like, did you really just say Jetty Osmond? Like, yes, I did. Like... And and the people who get it, the people who get it are like, man, like that was so That's clever. Fire. And yeah. it's the same way where like um Jid, he raps like his football references Bro, crazy. are nuts. And like I'm not like a football savant at any stretch of the imagination, but like hearing people talk about like sports coverages or or whatever and related yeah. and then like saying like he was a nickel, and I'm like, bro, I, yeah. I, I know, I know what you're talking about. So like, I'm, I want to do the same thing um, in my music. Like, I've just always wanted to to throw sports references and stuff in there that like the people who do like sports, like you know, you you you'll you'll pick up okay. on on them. So and it's always fun when they like say it back to you. They're like, oh, like you said that, and you're like, yes, someone got it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jid has a line on a song. He goes, throwing this heat like I'm Patches a Hulahan. Yeah. I'm like, that's a dodgeball <laughs> reference. Like that's fire. Yeah. Maybe everyone knows who Patches a Hulahan is, but I know who he is. And I yeah. <laughs> like uh, I remember a few a few years ago, I had this song, and like 
I'm going to throw the name out there, and you guys will not know who he is. But his name, Jody Garrett. He was a right fielder who, at the time, played for the Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Guardians. Guardians. Um, <laughs> but, like, he was a right fielder, and he was, like, a left-hander. And I'm like, I'm left-handed. So I'm yeah. just like, I swing the pen like Jody Garrett or something like that. <laughs> and, like, people who, who like, fall in love with, like, Cleveland sports and stuff, and uh, specifically – like we know our players, like, like yeah. we we, yeah, like it's it, and I just had so many people who were just like, I can't believe that you were able to fit a a Jody Garrett bar into, into a into a song. Like nobody knows who he is. I'm like, you do. So yeah. <laughs> I definitely need to um, step up my football bars because y'all lost me, man. I, I, yeah. I'm not so fun either. I got I got to step it up. I'll mix right after this. Uh, I'll learn a little bit more. Um, and obviously, everything you're saying is so clear, Joey, because you can tell you're pulling from so many different directions, but it's all being directed um, and coming from a place of your heart that's authentic and real. Um, along with that diversity in terms of your collaboration um, with the producers, uh, the features, even like uh, engineers you're talking about earlier, um, are all those mostly local based? Are they kind of all over or a little bit of, a little bit of both? I believe everybody is either Ohio native or Ohio based at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, And like that is, is pretty intentional as far as just being like, man, like I'm around some very talented people like Mm -hmm. all the time. Like, it's just like, Oh, you make these beats. Like I just was with somebody, um, uh, yesterday and they're just like yeah like I don't even know if I could say this but yeah I'm probably not gonna say it but they're like yeah I'm about to go <laughs> I don't want to I yeah he's like yeah I'm about to go make beats for so and so so I'm about to be gone in LA for like a month I'm doing like a whole album with them and so I'm like oh shit damn that's crazy like you just told me that you was about to send me a pack of beats <laughs> like yeah <laughs> and, <so laughs> and like just like um, I just want to do everything to to help with my friends, and I believe in just like um, high tides raises all ships and stuff, and like raises all of us to be able to get to the next level. And and you know, hopefully, my music helps somebody who does videos or producing or or a feature to get their next feature or get their next thing. You know, so like I've always wanted to do that and just work with the people that are here in Ohio. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. And kind of like similar, still on topic of the album for the album cover. I'm just interested in this. Was your album cover based on codename kids next door? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. Why? <laughs> like is that just a show you grew up loving and like, you just like love the aesthetic of like the tree house. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was like, it was that, um, I've always like loved the TV show. Um, always just like just that visual of the tree, and you know, like when they come back in from a commercial, it's just like the house and stuff like that, yeah, or, or the tree house. Um, but also like to go off of if money grew on trees, on that cover, I'm like in a tree and there's no leaves, and I'm like holding a leaf, and and like at that time it was just like the. It, not necessarily like the worst shit for me, but it was like I graduated from college and I felt like like I've been spending my last three years telling people that I want to make music. And now it's the time like 
all my friends are going to work at these different companies and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, man, I want to, I want to make music. Like people were asking me like, what are you going to do when you leave? And I'm like, I'm about to change the world with music. That was my whole thing. That was my spiel. And so on the front cover of If Money Growing Trees, I was just like, man, like I was in this tree and I had nothing to like nothing to show for it. And now like I've had all these different experiences and shit that people have seen. And I'm like, oh, like my tree is I, I got yeah. leaves now. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got leaves. We got this. We got and just take and just like I'm I'm really big in the universe building. I don't really watch like uh superhero movies and stuff, but like I always love how everything is like connected and shit. Yeah. And so there's so many different things on that cover that are like parts of the past for me. So like the roller coaster is from my uh album um H Files. And so H Files wow. is like my that's my that's like my thing. My phone, H Files, my computer, H yeah. Files, my Wi-Fi, <laughs> what is it called? H Files. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just just the the universe building. And so um my dude Hakeem, he's been making covers for me for the last five years. Like I was just like, Percent. yeah, like I want, like I have this idea. I just sketched it out, and he's just like, boom, got you. Yeah, I love that attention to detail so much. And we were talking about logic before. You can't really see, but on the tapestry on my ceiling, I have the everybody cover, and like man. I always love that shit. Like Sam, Sam Spratt. Spratt. Oh my man. God. Bro, I as a fan, like in high school, that was cool. I'm like, is that J. Cole sitting up in the yeah, top? Yeah. And mm-hmm. is that six on the and I just I always love that shit. And that the little he makes it and like you said, the Marvel thing, it mm-hmm. turns into Easter eggs. And I didn't yeah. realize that roller coaster thing. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's just like I I've I've those are the things that I loved about, you know, music. And and even um I did something on and I, yeah, I'll say it. Fuck it. Um, I did something on this album that's similar to what Logic did in um there's a song on that they had like an interlude and he played like another song in the album. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, yo, six, you can't be playing that. That's the that's the uh that's the yeah, that, album shit. Eighty five. Yeah. No, no, it ends I think it ended up being the last song on everybody. Yeah, I know you're was, talking about what, Afri, Afri-Karen? Oh, Afri, Afri, Afri-Karen, Afri-Karen, yeah. At the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have like a I've been working on music under a different name, and so like I did the same thing on this album with "In Live On" at the end of "Live On." That is like a song that is probably going to come out sometime this year, just under a different name. Yeah, and like always oh, out of the game, and like the people who are. Like people who would follow me and listen to this podcast and and like follow be like, wait a minute, I fuck I know this song from somewhere. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's in the so like I just love yeah. that universe building um that people have uh you know blessed me with crum- coming up and stuff. And, yeah, the, and being the a fan. Are, the skits are so cool too. I like how you made it like a tour. And like, okay, guys, now we're go drink some, like, get some alcohol or yeah. the beginning the deluxe. I think that's sick. Is that also logic inspired? Because that's why I fell in love. I just loved albums being storytelling and a narrative. Yeah, 
it's like just being inspired by like artists painting like pictures of, of like their entire career. And it just goes in a way that like you, when you follow it, you're just like, I remember, I remember this, like even J Cole does the, um, the voice that he does in KOD in KOD, but it's in oh, kill Edward. Um, no, uh, brackets. The bah, 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 yeah, bah, bah, bah. that's yeah, also yeah, yeah. in um the song with Land. Kendrick um on Land Born Center. No, that's not Land. Forbidden so, Fruit. Oh, me and my me and my bitch. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Forbidden Fruit. Yeah, but like at the end, talking about the chain and stuff like that, and like mm-hmm. yeah, I just I've I've always just paid attention to stuff like that, and and now that it's my time, I'm like, oh, I want to do things similar so um yeah yeah joey let me tell you tell you this man you're you're a busy man and the fact you're able you're able to do all this independently is so impressive i know you're referring to back when you graduated from college and correct me if i'm wrong um obviously you did the nine to five thing you used that degree but like you said before music was your passion it's what you truly wanted to do Mm -hmm. um you ended up quitting your nine to five to fully do music full time Mm -hmm. um if this is true do you think that independent artists who are serious to elevate their music should follow suit? Should they try to juggle both? Because um, it's difficult. Like, obviously, you want to progress as an artist, but at the same time, you're being um, chained to your main job. So it's a lot. But what do you think? I think if you if you would have asked me this in 2019, I would have been like, man, quit your fucking job. Like, <laughs> go full in. But like, as I've just gotten older and matured and stuff, it's just mm-hmm. like, don't work somewhere that takes your mind like don't work somewhere where like when it does come time to be creative and do the things that you want to do you're burnt out and like Mm -hmm. the one sign for me when I was working at the um my nine to five job was just like I was going in getting a full night's sleep and get there at eight and by like 8 12 I was yawning tired and just like man I don't want to be here and then I will work until like four to four to five or whatever. And then it's like, all right, now I need to go to the studio, but I also need to eat. And I haven't eaten today. And yeah. now I'm like running off of two Red Bulls and I'm just not as productive as I could be. So like now it's for me, I'm like, I have three jobs right now. I, I work as, you know, Joey H, the artist. Um, I also teach kids with the We Amplify Voices um, program, and I'm in Wedgwood Middle School right now, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. But then I also bartend at Land Grant, and like mm-hmm. I enjoy doing those. Like it's it's never a thing where I'm just like oh, I'm dreading yeah. doing this. And now like it, if anything, those things add purpose to everything that I'm doing for Joey H. Um, so. I would say if you have a nine to five and it's enjoyable and it's helping you out, keep it, make it, make it work. But also understand that there is going to be a time where you're going to meet that crossroad where like, if you're not, if, if you're trying to, let's say go on tour and your job is like, nah, you need to be here. Hey, decisions got to get made. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got to do. <laughs> decisions got to get made. But uh, like if, the, if it's helping pay bills and if it's, and it's not like taking, um, your mind then man i don't see why not yeah 
But and, I also um, I also think like taking risks it, it's important. It is. And you really laid out a gem there. Honestly, so many gems throughout this interview. Um, just the fact that you don't want anything to burn you out from your creative process. You want to be focused on that 100%. And Joey, as always, we appreciate you so much for being here. Um, we we wanted you here as early as possible. We finally got you. I asked, Man. that was my biggest question I wanted to ask, because I know that's such a, a hurdle for artists to jump through. Adam, is there anything that you're dying to ask, Joey, before he heads out? Man. I have so many questions, and it will make this podcast go on for three hours. <laughs> uh, and we still got we still uh, got the post the post conversation yeah, off off screen yeah, off yeah, screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anything at all? Let me think. I will okay. end it on talking about Red Light Blues because I was texting you about this, mm-hmm. Joey. Um, yeah. That's probably my favorite song on the album because Man. the skill of being able to have political views and opinion on it, and then actually make it into a good song, not just a preachy song. And um, I honestly, I thought it was a metaphor or like a symbolism when you said a cop with a shooting sleeve and you texted me, you're like, no, I saw a cop with a shooting sleeve. <laughs> yeah. And that's <sighs> wild. And I mean, Columbus is a, it gets, it gets dangerous. My parents were there for graduation. There's a shooting outside their hotel during my yep. graduation weekend. And just what went into making that song specifically wanting to, and you said, you stood up for black trans youth on that song. Mm-hmm. You did a lot, and it was a really beautiful song. Yeah, like I, one thing that I've, I guess, like not necessarily struggled with, but you know, making political songs or making a stance politically without it, or or just in music without it being like, uh, hey, stop the violence and stuff like <laughs> that, or whatever, or hey, man, like. <laughs> love your name, you know, stuff like that. And, and, but when I wrote this one was, um, or I wrote the first half, um, in June of 2020 during, you know, the protests and it was crazy here in Columbus. Like, I don't know if you guys were, well, no, you, it wasn't. Okay. In uh, in, in the summer? In the summer. I wasn't here in the summer, but I was, yeah, I wasn't here yet. And it was like, like, I live right outside of downtown and in 2020, my thing just mentally is just go on walks, like walk everywhere. So like there's times I used to just walk from downtown to damn near Ohio state and Clintonville. Like I was walking far. Um, But like during the height of like the protests and everything, um, I remember walking down gay street and there was literally a tank down there like a a military tank and it was just like man this is just so crazy and there's helicopters like all day like not just like I moved here and that was the first time that like I just heard helicopters all the time Mm -hmm. like you just don't hear helicopters but like that summer it was helicopters all the time and so I was like, I'm just called to like really write this and just, and like, I started making music. I started writing as like a a means of like therapy and just like diary. And that was kind of how this one came about um, to just kind of like get it off my chest instead of Mm -hmm. going on Instagram or Twitter and writing something like black squares and all that (laughs) stuff. And, and so, um, that was my way. And then 
as I like the last verse, like I've been struggling with writing that for years. And like I've always wanted to just like put it in a song or just like like have like a, a few lines on it or whatever. And I just haven't really been able to do it because it, I guess like the courage and like I'm a very big power in the tongue, like the things that we speak about in music, the things that we speak about in just life, like we we kind of shape our realities in a way. And so like I just was like, I don't know how to write this yet. And, yeah. and just as like things have gotten better, I've matured over the last couple of years. I was like, oh no, I'm, I think I'm able to articulate this the right way and in the way that I want to, um, and the way that I want to write it and people to receive it. So, and that it was definitely a, a shooting sleeve. Like it was it's like crazy. a, a full on like white shooting sleeve. Yeah. There's like on campus other week, someone was walking out with a machine gun. It's like, yeah. After the, oh, right yeah, after the, I think the Michigan, I think it was after the Michigan State shooting or something, mm-hmm. and I don't know what what type of person does that. It's insane. Yeah, that track was incredible. And one thing about this album is literally every track became my my favorite song. It was so well made, including the deluxe, mm-hmm. and it, it fit right in there. If you guys haven't heard Open Treehouse, it's out on all DSPs right now. Go check Listen. that out. A very very great project. Um, important project i'm sure in your discography um please tell everyone where they can find you um, i know you have some tours coming up as well let the people mm-hmm. know what's up with that um so first on the tours aspect um open treehouse the summer run right now um i have a show on saturday in cleveland um my big show here in columbus will be june or july 8th at natalie's um and that is the one i'm recording the album like i'm recording the performance and stuff and really you know that's that's probably releasing it as like a another project of like a live album and And then you have a live band you have a live band you perform dude that's Mm -hmm. that's if you have the ability to do that to any artist do it that makes the performance Mm -hmm. so fucking dope adds adds so much like just texture and just energy and then um end of this year i'm or august i'm performing with uh at Wonderbus this year so um yeah. i'm yeah. super excited about that and and yeah like performing man that's my that's my shit so um definitely check those out and then um i'm available on all streaming platforms j-o-e-y-a-i-c-h and then i'm on instagram i'm on twitter uh facebook all that stuff so yeah, yeah. You heard the man, guys. Go ahead and support him. Go ahead, follow him, support him, do whatever it takes, because he's really pushing the boundaries and really doing doing something that many independent artists aren't doing, and he's really making his own path. So, Joey, we appreciate you for being here, as always. I know me and Adam are super-duper grateful. But, guys, thank you for tuning in. Again, this is the Sound Central Podcast, and we are out. Peace.